Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. What are you doing? I'm typing something. Yeah, I can hear that. Well, there you go. Then I guess you answered your own question, didn't you? Chris, let's hurry this up before my computer breaks. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. What? You're typing. <laughs> I know. It was because I was doing something. Well, then it sounds like I was waiting on you. I thought you were fucking around with your computer. So I was like, I'll do something. No, I already. Quick. listen, I was in IT. I've already done everything I can to fix the problem. I oh, rebooted so you it. rebooted it. Okay, great. Yeah, I okay, turned okay. it off and on again. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And if that doesn't fix the problem, I just need to buy a new computer. That's pretty and much it. And I can't it. do that r- right now, so... Are you sure? Yes. Well, I mean, you could buy one on the internet. Oh, wait, no, you can't. Your computer's fucking <laughs> up. Sorry, never mind. My mistake. You're right. I gotcha. I gotcha. You're such a piece of shit. How yeah. are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. I have no voice. You can hear I have no voice. Oh, That's I actually fun. couldn't tell. Well... I don't. I don't have, I don't have, I'm not at my full capacity, which uh, to tell you the truth, I don't know what that would look like. I don't think I've ever Yeah, I was going to say, what are you at? 1% instead of 2? 2%? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like milk. So. Yep. <laughs> like old milk. Yeah, that's pretty much, I, run, I go on the milk <laughs> basis. I go 1%, 2% whole. <laughs> Today you're skim, I guess? Yeah. I'm. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, oh, I've been trying Very to. Very svelte. Yeah. 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 You don't want to see me at unpasteurized. Let me just say that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I think I'm an oat milk Ooh. <laughs> or a goat milk or other things that rhyme. Mm. You know what kind of milk I think you are? Silk. That's a brand. It's a type of milk though. No, it isn't. It's a brand. It's a brand. It's a, a brand can be considered a type of something. I don't think that's true. Yes. A brand is a thing. So it is. And there are other brands. So a brand could be a type of milk. Why not? I don't think that's true. It's a way of categorizing milk. No, I don't think so. Like, craft isn't a type of cheese. You can... It, it is not... Okay. Yeah, but you could consider craft a type of cheese, as opposed to, say, Velveeta is a different type of cheese. Because they don't make yeah, the cheese... Yeah, but Velveeta this, is a type of cheese. That's fair. Okay, wait, <laughs> hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a like, different... Like, Kellogg isn't a type of cereal. Kellogg's has many cereals. Yes. Corn Flakes is a type of cereal. Frosted Flakes is a type of cereal. Right, but what I'm saying is, like... Okay, but Kellogg's Frosted Flakes is a type of cereal because there are other people that make Frosted Flakes. Right. But they wouldn't make them the exact same way that Kellogg's Frosted Flakes is. Yeah, they do. I mean, in the... Okay, what I'm saying is, (laughs) if you ask them, (laughs) you're right. They're all made in the same factory by the same underpaid people. Yeah, by someone dumping corn and sugar sugar into a bowl. But according to them, is what I'm saying, is that they they would say that they make it in a different way. So you could say it is a type of Frosted Flakes. Like silk, you're right. Silk is a brand of milk. But if you were to ask how they make their almond milk, they would say, well, we do it this way as opposed to the other. We make it from a cow. (laughs) And then then they'd be out of business every morning. (laughs) Do you know what frost, what Kellogg's cornflakes was made for? Insane people. No. Do you know what its purpose was? It was not a food. It was a medicine. Yeah. Wasn't it? There's a movie with. Anthony Hopkins, who plays the guy, isn't there? Oh, I think you might be right. Is that what the Road to Pleasantville is about? Oh, maybe. Hold on. I got to see. But yeah, anyway, continue. What what was it originally for? I never keep kids from jerking off. That's what it was. There was I know there was like I didn't mean medicine like to solve like headaches. I meant like medicine to keep kids from jerking off is really. Hold on. Yeah, I'm searching Road to Wellville. There it is. That's it. Is that it? Is that what he is? Yeah, he plays 
Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. I did not know enough about what this movie was actually about when I saw it last at the age of like 11. All I've only seen bits of it. I've only seen tiny bits of it. This is excellent. Is is it really? My 11 year old brain loved it. It looks like I I would see it and I'm like, this looks like absolute chaos. It looks like (laughs) that's my kind of movie, too. You know, that's true. That that is true. That's my kind of everything. What's going on with you? Oh, this is a fun story. Oh, here's a fun anecdote. Okay, I started getting notifications on Skype that someone was messaging me and this happens from time to time. I don't know if this happens with you. I'll get like, you know, hi, my name's Valerie and like tongue emoji. Like, oh, come yeah, see yeah, me yeah, and yeah, yeah, hot 20 yeah. year olds or whatever. Spelled C-U-M. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. uh, so I just ignore them. But I started getting one from the same account over and over again. Usually it'll be like just one right. and then they'll go away. Yeah. Or sometimes there's a follow up. Right. But if, but after one or two or three, they're gone. The bots go away. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I started getting like a bunch from this. So I just want to read. So, so I'll tell you what it is and I'll read some of the messages. Okay. I have been getting probably a message every 20 minutes for the past three days. What? And it's for a group that is obviously a scam. Right. It's like investors cryptocurrency group. Yeah. That looks like it's a bot that just adds random people. Yeah. And then has a bunch of fake accounts. Talk about how great everything is about what they're doing. And right. Oh, I ever since I joined the paid version of this group, I've made so much money. I became a quadrillionaire or whatever. Right. (laughs) So some of them, let me read some of the, and and that's the thing is some of them are clearly bots and some of them are real people. And it is so easy to tell the difference. So uh, the head of the group, Posted. I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's like a big, long monologue. That's like, welcome. We're, we invited a bunch of people and this group is great. Uh, members freely exchange methods of making money in various industries, blah, blah, blah. So some this is the, the order. These are the messages that have come in since that. OK, I get it. It's a good club. Yes, we joined and profited from it. I very much agree. Offers unparalleled possibilities for optimizing our investments, ensuring stable profitability, and providing precise trading instructions in the dynamic field of cryptocurrencies. That's great to hear. It sounds like the club's success has had a positive impact on your life as well. Can you share more about how the club making money has made a difference for you? I will pay serious attention to every money-making discussion topic in the club so that I will not miss many money-making opportunities. Is what you said true? I've been watching the club. Got some time. (laughs) Our profits will not lie to us. When I get the money, I buy myself a gift that I like. I can prove it with my gift. I did make a profit. (laughs) Yes, I see you make money after trading every day. I thought I'd give it a try because it's free to try. Club information is accurate. I thought I would join a team that made money. (laughs) Ha ha. You are welcome to join and the club will serve you. Let's create a, a better life together and let's go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and those, those are the ones that have come in in the past like hour. You know, it just goes to show you the threat of AI is real, people. I would, it's going to get real hard to dis- differentiate between humans and bots real soon. And this conversation proves it. I'm going to try to have sex with them. Please do. I mean, you would have tried to have sex with them no matter what, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> What should I send back? Should I write something? I haven't messaged anything. (gasps) Oh. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) 
hate you so much. When <laughs> listening, Chris just sent me like a bot message. Damn it. I thought that would work. <laughs> it literally said Chris in the podcast group sent you this message. Uh, Sexy co-eds. <laughs> um, you know what? I want to send I want to pick a random person and send one of those messages and just be like, Watch these sexy women and just put Pornhub.com. Yeah, that's more. Of a, that's a gift. And be like, oh, no, it's real. And then, yeah. Well, how nice would that be if just one time you, you clicked on you're like, holy shit. No, somebody just sent me this. Yeah, this is nice. Yeah. At the end, you know, what? like at the end of that conversation, it sounded like two of the bots got married. <laughs> Didn't it? It's not like, oh, I was like, oh, this is just sad. This this thing. Part of me wonders if this is bots or if this is like one dude with eight accounts, like basically playing with his action figures. Just trying to like, yeah, and he's, he really thinks he's creating like a dialogue with all eight individual characters. <laughs> and he's like, he goes through several drafts and he's like, no, number seven wouldn't say that. That's number six's line. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Number seven is much more cynical. And Should I be. respond to this group? Yes, but only as a bot. <laughs> Just to, like put it in the same language as the bot. Just and the guy's like, going to be like, wow, this one's really good. Yeah. Question, yes. Just say something like, I am also curious about the club and the profits that may pertain to the club. Yeah. And how it may improve my lifestyle. Is the dude's going to be like thumbing through his notes like, I don't remember creating an Andrew bot. Jesus. I know. How the fuck do I answer this? They've procreated. They've made their own. Oh my God. I got to shut yeah. this whole thing down. The club has made me sexually aroused. <laughs> Combine the two. Make the two. Yeah. Introduce those bots to this bot. Yeah. Like try and put those bots in touch with the other bots. See what happens. I want I want to have nerd bots would react the same way to sexy lady bots, the same that human nerds would react to sexy ladies. They'd what? They'd pass out? Yeah, they just don't know what to do. <laughs> they just instantly clamor up. Probably. When I ask ChatGP just about anything, it does that. That's Maybe that's the solution to AI. Maybe I'm too sexy for it. Is that you, you just introduce sexy AI to nerdy AI and then they just both of them don't want to talk they to each other. They cancel each other out. It's like, yeah, it's like putting them in a room at a party and they just have nothing to talk about. Why didn't they have you in iRobot? Because then the movie would have been 20 minutes long. Yeah, you're right. Would have fixed that shit. Look at his spit. Alan Tudyk is a nerdy bot, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Or is he, is he both? Is he a, maybe he that's rides why. that line. Maybe that's why. He's both. He rides both. the line real well, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. He sure does ride it. He rides it hard and puts it away wet. That's no way <laughs> to refer to Adrian Pilecki. She is a lovely lady. Oh, anyway, that, that was his, I think they're split up now, but that's his former girlfriend. Wow, what a dated reference. It's the only, it's the only person I know he's dated. And she's a very attractive woman, is what I'm saying. He's not gay? No. Damn it. <laughs> I know. There you go. Your chances. I know. <sighs> I should have started the show at some point, shouldn't I? I've made plenty of jokes for you to start off of. I know. I know. Give me, give me go back a couple, a couple jokes. Give me <laughs> one of the ones you gave. Not like the last one you gave. What was like three jokes ago of something uh, you did? What should I say in the group? I'm going to ask if I can make it like a dating site. Should I do that? Yes. That's what you should All right, do. I'm going to do that. Okay. Hang on. Wait for me. Okay. Let's see what happens. They said, yes, if you're interested in dating money, I am. Who's not? I was going to start the show and then Ryder said something. Ah, I'm starting it anyway. Here it goes. Oh, yeah, everybody. 
<laughs> I don't have the voice for that tonight. Wow. My name is Christopher. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Sandra Dunn. Wait, no, that's not how we do this at all. You didn't even say welcome to the media lunch break, dick cheese. Hey. Alan, two dicks. Can I try again? I don't know. Can you? Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Ninth grade English teacher. May I try again? Start the show. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geeky movie news, all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and invest in a wise opportunity. My name is Christopher, alongside me as always is my co-host Andrew Dunsay. Hello, Andrew. I'm about to bot the farm. Can you... Great joke. Can you... uh, Here's what you do. Cut out everything we just said for the last like 18 (laughs) minutes and just open the episode with start the show and then just go right into it. And then my bot the farm joke that no one will understand. Doesn't matter. Who cares? It doesn't doesn't matter. It's got to be brilliant. Great. Oh, boy. Well... Welcome to Nudity Week at the Media Lunch Break, everyone. I almost came on the show shirtless because of the day that I've had. I was like, do I even really want to put on a shirt right now? Do I need to really? God, Andrew, with what we're talking about today, I gotta say, between what we're talking about and the reading assignment, this has got to be the most amount of tits and dicks that I've seen <laughs> like, like in anything we've ever covered. And both of these were your idea. So it really says something like it really let me know something about you that I think I already knew, but really was confirmed this week. Wow. Yeah. There's yeah. A lot I like of, genitals. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of nipples in this. And wow. Yeah. I saw a lot of stuff. Even number? Odd number? I, I actually think there's probably an odd number, which <laughs> is probably in is. some ways more disturbing. Really. Yeah. But um, yeah, and a lot more, a lot more dick than I'm comfortable with. And I'm a listen. I'm a man of 2024. I can, I can be okay with seeing a dick, okay. But good lord, there's, there's a lot going on this week. Holy cow! Yeah. And why is that, Andrew? What are we talking about this week? Chris, blue eye samurai. You know, I, I actually, I really like that title because it's also uh, what someone would say if you ask them to describe the plot of the show in three words or less. And I think we should use this technique to name every show and movie. You could call The Matrix Keanu Dodges Bullets. You could call Morbius Jared Leto Sucks. You could call Saving Private Ryan Jared Leto Sucks. <laughs> Oh, no, I guess we can keep that one as is. Yeah. I will say, though, I haven't seen an Irishman take a beating like that from an Asian woman since I visited that massage parlor in Dublin. Chris, what did you think of Blue-Eyed Samurai? <laughs> this was a great show. This is really great. I had heard it was really good, and then you had watched it already. Yeah, I'd seen most of it. And then you said it was really good, and it's really fantastic. I mean, I really enjoyed the show. More than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes you get... Again, I had heard from you, I had heard from other people that this was really good, and sometimes you watch something after that, and it's been overhyped, and... You're like, uh, you know, you either go in ready to judge because you want to be like, why is this so great? Or it just doesn't fulfill the expectation. Yeah. The first time I saw The Lord of the Rings, I thought it was fine. And then every time after that, I liked it a little bit more. And now I love it. You're like, oh, wait, no, this is actually really good. And I see why people like this. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is really fantastic. It didn't 
and this is not a knock. This is not me giving a note. It didn't like just completely revolutionize. Like, you know, I'm not like, oh my God, this is the greatest show ever. But damn, this is like an entertaining show. Like, this is one of those shows where I'm like, I'm a little actually surprised this isn't even bigger than it is. Because it's really, I mean, it's just eight episodes of really solid storytelling. Yeah, I think this is part of... We are still in, I think we mentioned this when we covered Into the Spider-Verse, we are in a an animation renaissance. Yeah, I would definitely say where so. Where we are really seeing what kind of stories we can tell through animation, and this is this is a very relevant part of that renaissance. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the Silver Age of comics was like, comics are for kids, like they aimed them at kids, and then those kids grew up and continued to read comics, and so comics, like, aged up. Yeah. To basically appeal to adults because those adults still wanted to read comics and they went, well, we just follow our audience instead of trying to stay where we are and get new audience. We'll just keep going. And they became more mature. I think the same thing with animation is going on right now, where it's like the, the people who loved animation as kids through Disney, through Pixar, through whatever is now getting older. And they're like, I still like the art form of animation. And so uh, studios are now going like, well, we can give you, it doesn't have to be heavy metal. It doesn't have to be like adult, adult, although this is damn close, but it can be mature storytelling through beautiful animation. And this is beautiful animation. So just really quick, uh, Blue Eyed Samurai is an eight episode series on, on Netflix, which is basically about... A woman in Japan, in uh, what do you call this, Imperial Japan? It's in the middle of Japan's Edo period. Right. And so she is a samurai. I guess specifically you would call her a ronin. But even that, probably not, because a, a ronin is a... It's interesting, because a ronin is a samurai who no longer works for someone. Okay. So, like, you kind of have to have had a master, had a like master, a person but not, that you worked and for. now not have Right, one. like, because okay. you were a bodyguard. This is actually a great story. I don't want to cut you off, but this is a really interesting story to tell about this because, and not to give too much away about the plot, do you know what made the samurai disappear forever? It made them totally unneeded and unnecessary? Uh, white people? <laughs> well, you're not far off, but the gun. Yeah. Because samurai were bodyguards for famous people. Yeah. And so as soon as you could stop paying and feeding a person who was trained for 20 years in self-defense and you just give a gun to a random guy yeah. that became the way everybody went yeah and it still is today it still is yeah so yeah she is a she's a samurai who is out for revenge and she has blue eyes and that is a big old no-no in japan at this point in time and that's i mean honestly because I don't want to get too spoilery, at least at the start, that's pretty much the plot, which is really nice because it's real simple. Yeah. It's one of those classic stories. She's like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker right here. Yeah. And, oh, are you in my way of killing that motherfucker? Then I'm going to kill you, too. This show is a masterclass in goals and obstacles. Like, yeah. as actors, we are taught... To find your objective, your super objective, your immediate objective, and figure out what it is and what obstacles are in your way, because that's what causes the conflict. And what's interesting about this show is you have a character who is completely set in stone about what her goal is and nothing will get in the way of her obtaining that goal. And then you have other characters who have 
the same like uh, for example again i don't want to give too much away but there's a character named ringo great great character who has a goal that is very vague Mm -hmm. and so it shifts from time to time because his goal is just that he wants to be great he wants to be someone uh, of importance and that has many shapes and sizes that it can take so he throughout the course of this story changes the immediate goal that will make him great and then there's another character named Tygen who and again I won't get into any details about him but his goals shift uh, not vaguely like Ringo's, but just like directly. Like my goal is to find this person. Oh wait, maybe that isn't my goal. Maybe my goal is to stay with this other person. Yeah, very interesting uh, work with goals and objectives and obstacles. It's also her goal is is interesting because you're right. And typically in a show like this, the idea because you always want your character to change. There's a reason mm-hmm. we're watching there's this moment. Yeah, there's an arc to it. And her arc, typic, I think typically the arc would be. I have this goal. And then at some point, usually close to the climax, she realizes that that goal is not what her goal should be. And the goal changes. And this is interesting in that, like the goal never changes. And she is steadfast that she is right about this goal. And she never really questions it. She just questions like, what does the, I guess the interpretation of the goal or like how to achieve that goal because when you find her at first, she's like, my goal is to go from A to B, straight line. And then from there, the goal bends. It never breaks, but it bends to like, all right, I'm going to go from A to B, but I can go around a little bit. I can go around C a little bit. And it doesn't have to be a straight line. And that's interesting. In that, But it's at the same time, that's still compelling, which normally it would not be. Yeah. It would be kind of boring. Because you're like, I know where this is going and it's going to get to B. So let's just get to B. But it's also interesting because by going around C, it is still the, you know, I'll make up a point. I'll make up an example because I don't want to give any spoilers. But for example, it's like, well, to get from point A to point B, I have to, you know, go through this giant brick wall. Right. But I can't. So I'm just going to have to walk around the brick wall. It is still the shortest way to get to her destination. It's not like she's like, ah, we can spend a few days here and there. I'll have some fun. It's still like, well, this is no longer an option. So I'm going to have to do this other thing instead. Right. Exactly. A lot of it is usually like she wants to go it alone. She wants to be that lone gunslinger type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then she has to admit like. No, I need some people. I, I need a person. And then she's like, all right, fuck, I need two people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's it's that type of thing of like, I, you're right. Like in, by going around the wall, she's got to admit like, fuck, I got to go around the wall and not the way that I want to go, which is through the wall. Before we move on from that as well, I wanted to say um, there's another interesting you make me think you reminded me of another very interesting thing that I've heard. Um, ben Chinapin, who's a YouTuber, um, he goes by Ben from Canada on YouTube. But yeah, he yeah, has yeah, I know Ben from Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he um, he has a very interesting take on the Captain America movies, which is that, you know, normally in a story, your hero has an arc where he changes at the end. And the interesting thing about all of the Captain America movies yes. is that Captain America doesn't change. He's right the entire time. What changes is the world around him. Yes. And either he has the ability to adapt or he stands like a rock and says, no, you move Bend around me. And yeah. I think that's something that is seen here as well, where like our hero doesn't change. But the circumstances and the world around her and the characters she comes across do change. Yeah, you're right. So you are seeing some sort of change, which is compelling. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see a lot of 2D animation anymore. 
and it is stunning in this like really good i know and this is a um a combination of 2d and 3d hybrid animation by the french studio blue spirit and the goal according to them, was to make it, quote, look like a moving painting with inspiration for character design taken from Bunraku puppets. Yeah, which you can definitely see. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, the detail in this is, like, Stunning. unreal. Yeah, stu- really, really good. Really incredible. It's eight episodes, and I was thinking, like, okay, this is an interesting thing. It's eight episodes, and we've talked about this many times, especially with a Netflix show, that normally... Usually, first of all, they're a little longer. They're usually 12. And usually around like episode six, seven, there's like a dip. There's like filler episodes and then it kicks back in. Yeah. And when they cut it down to eight, it feels tighter. This, honestly, there were one or two episodes where it was like, you could get from point A to point B and even less. There are a couple episodes you could take out, but... They are still fantastic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there's never an episode where I was like, I am just watching a filler episode right now. Yeah. Well, and it never feels unwarranted. It feels like, well, this is the natural progression of how this would happen. Like, there is there is an episode. There's one episode in particular. I was like, that's there's probably like if you took that out. That that was a that was a conflict that they they cliffhangered at the end of the last episode that you could fully not do like you could you could have just ended it there yeah and then she goes on with the she she did a thing to get a piece of information she got the piece of information and from there you could have just like cut it and then the next thing I see in the next episode is she's using that piece of information and I was like this is a filler episode but it is so compelling. And done so creatively, I was like, I'm down for this episode. And honestly, is probably one of the best episodes in the series. It also isn't filler because in showing how far the character is willing to go for honor, you are learning more about the character. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's nothing. Yes, you are getting something out of this. I meant strictly in a plot point. I was like, oh, you could skip over this, but it is and like I said, honestly, it's one of my favorite episodes. It's very good. It's yeah. it's really good. The structure of it and everything. It's really whenever they hit an episode like that, they at least do you the service of doing something very creative structurally yes. to make it worth your time to watch this. And honestly, she could be reading Charles Dickens and it would just be beautiful. And the cinematography right. and the colors and everything would be amazing. Like right. you could make this. I don't know, a channel where there is no plot, there are no characters, and I would still just watch it as like a screensaver. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah, it is gorgeous. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to just kind of drink in. Yeah. With something like this. And everyone is doing their best acting. The cast is. God damn, this cast is like killer, man. It's stacked and they are doing their best work. Honestly. Um, What's his name Uh, from Heroes? Uh, Masioka. Masioka. I was like, who is that? Yeah, and then I looked up. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because I haven't seen that guy in forever. I know he's been around. I just haven't seen him in in something. And a lot of people who have done quite a bit of work but haven't really been given a good chance, like Brenda Song. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yes, Um, yeah. She is in. I'm going to look her up because I looked her up a second ago, and I can't. The only thing I know her from is the Social Network. Yes, that's it. And as Macaulay Culkin's uh, girlfriend. 
George Takei as well. Randall Park. Yeah, as a villain. He's doing his best work. And frankly, that's who I was just going to bring up. Fuck me, man. I had no idea. I got through the whole thing and I was like, wasn't Kenneth Branagh supposed to be in this? And I looked it up and I was like, God damn. I was like, who's the Irish guy in this? Yeah. And I was like, I looked up Kenneth Branagh and I was like, and this is really before he came on screen. Like his character was really like established. Yeah. And I was like the fuck is that guy doing in this like this is a you know yeah this is like episode one when i was like what the fuck did kenneth Branagh do this show for yeah and then oh my gosh it's like yeah he he's is fantastic just killing it on this like I would, if you had given me a hundred guesses about who played that character i would not have known no i would, never have I would have never thought kenneth Branagh. Yeah. I, but then you watch it and you're like yeah nobody nobody takes this job this is how you can tell like the scripts for this are really good is because they get a stacked cast and nobody is like, yeah, I took an easy animation gig right now because yeah. I could wear sweatpants to work. Like, well, and frankly, uh, this got cast, I think, in like 2020 or 2021. Really? So before the strikes. So everyone was taking a Netflix pay cut, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, like that that scene in the church with him. Mm when he's mm-hmm. like, I didn't even want a cathedral. They just built this for me. I, like that whole scene, I was like, that is a killer monologue right there. Yeah. And I'm like, God, you got the best guy to do that monologue, too. That was amazing. It's interesting that uh, they got Kenneth Branagh to be in this, too, because I, I was thinking while watching it, it's quite Shakespearean, actually. You've got a woman dressed as a man. You've got a dude who, with no hands. You've got an old wise man who's blind. Uh, it's very Greek and Shakespearean in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, it really is. It's 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 epic in scale. Yeah, Randall Park is so good as like a, yeah. He's and his voice came on and I was like, that guy sounds exactly like I didn't go. That's Randall Park. I didn't recognize him. I don't think it sounds like him because it's such an atypical. I think it's the fact that it's an atypical character for him. Sure. Like uh, it's uh, his voice sounded like Randall Park to me, but I was like, nah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> And it's that guy's just also just ruthless. Yeah. He's a horrible villain. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that, whoever they got sounds exactly like Randall Park. Interesting. <laughs> and then I was like, but it can't be. Oh, son of a. And every time I went, oh, it can't be. And then I looked it up and it is. I think the only person I was able to guess who played the voice was George Decay. Yeah. And that, I, and I actually counted until they got to George. I was like, George Takei's in this somewhere. I didn't even have to look it up. I was like, yeah. oh, this is about Japanese. Oh, the, yeah. he's in there somewhere. It's only a matter of time. Start the timer now. I think, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure if I check the new SAG contracts, yeah. I think it says if you do a story about Japan, you have to put George Takei in it. it I does. believe it's it in does. there. So. Not even like necessarily film and television. It's like. No, just anything. If you are doing a puppet show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there. Yeah. If you do a commercial about Japan, <laughs> yeah, right. it has to be in there. Yeah. In fact, we're talking about Japan right now. He just appeared right behind me. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have to pay him royalties for this. It's crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. But he's great. And also, again, not only having a stack cast, but really giving the reason you get a stack cast is because everybody gets something to do. Yeah. George Takei is a great actor. Yeah. And I've seen him in other stuff other than Star Trek. And he's fantastic. But they give it, it is not just one of those like, I'm the wise old man. Yeah. And so here's my, my wise old man character. Like they give him 
some great stuff. He's very flawed. He's very flawed. Everyone in this is very flawed. Yeah, it's great. In a wonderful way. They all have believable flaws that escalate and heighten yeah. the uh, tension in the scenes that they're in. It also, you know, it also has, because it's about a woman, it, it, it's very much about you know, women in that time and how they were treated in that time. And you can also feel that they are trying to speak to kind of the parallels of even today. But at the same time, it never felt a heavy handed Mm -hmm. and B said in a way that I was like, it never felt like anything that they were dealing with or the, the, the choices that the characters made or the opportunities that the characters got. I went, Oh, whether well, they're doing that for a modern day audience, but in real life, that would never happen. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it never, I never went, oh, you did that because you want, you know, the modern day woman to be empowered. Right. But like in, in real life, in that time in Japan, that could have never happened. You know, the dowry at the end, her getting the dowry and she, he's like, you can go anywhere you want now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, the way that that happens yes. of him just stealing it and just like giving it, I'm like, that, yeah, that's the best that that woman could get. It's a little bit like uh, at the end of uh, Mulan, spoiler alert, of the original animated uh, film, everyone in China bows to Mulan. And you're like, nah, no. No, nah, man. They would have been like, all right, get back in the kitchen, honey. Yeah, okay, that was fun. That was a fun. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. <laughs> Leave but it to the, the men next yes, time, please. Like, this is like, no one, and I, and I think it's because again i guess this is technically a spoiler but like i'm not i don't want to give any plot points away but at the end they gain whatever they're they're kind of looking for but through themselves like they they, it's not you know again there's never a a moment where all the men bow down to them right to get the independence to get whatever they are trying to achieve these women have to Beg, borrow, steal, and lie, yeah. and kill to get to it. And um, even parts of it there are like... And it comes at a cost. Well, and there are implications frequently about the way you get what you want is by being stern and powerful with your husband so that he will get you what you want. Yeah, and th- I think that's why I'm like, it It works for a modern audience, but still never betrays like the time period that it's in. Because they're like, that's the, you know, there's so many speeches in the series about like, do this because that's the best you can get. And if that's the best you can get, then you take it. So it was about women taking everything that they could get and all the power that they could get and being as independent as possible, which is a great, powerful message, but also never betrayed the time period because they because they never did a thing where they made a leap of like. And you become the leader of the house. It's like, no, that would never work back yeah, then. Yeah, all of a sudden, she's the king. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, no, that emperor. doesn't work. But they're like, no, but in that time period, yeah, you get your husband to do whatever you want him to do. Mm-hmm. And that's you being an independent woman back then. Yeah. That is the that is the peak. That's what you want. And every woman who achieves that, it's like, I won. I won exactly what I wanted. Yeah, you know? that's sort of the best case scenario for what is allowable in the time exactly period. exactly yeah man this is gruesome yeah this is a bloody fucking show man it sure is it is wow they just chop it if you lo- want to see some very beautiful looking blood work wow it is just gore on gore on gore you might call it gorgeous yeah i'm gonna do the slow cut i i wasn't gonna oh but here oh my gosh thank you wow I'll see myself out. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, I was like, holy shit. There, there were whole moments of this. I was like, I can't watch this in front of other people. Like, yeah. 
watching it on the train like whoa. yes there were a couple times i was watching it on the train and between that and the amount of tits that are in this holy shit this is like i had to hold that thing i was literally on the train holding it like to my chest like oh this is a great episode of what is definitely not porn everyone of a totally normal show of yep. secession but yeah there is yeah this is definitely i i you'd start an episode and the little like tvma thing comes up and it always says why it's tvma and this one has easily the longest list of any show i've ever seen they were just like they should have just put everything they yeah. should have just put they, they list, it's, it's like, like when like, you look at the ingredients of an oreo or whatever and it's got like 40 things you've never even heard of it's like what they do the mexican crab dangle in this yeah, what is that yeah really it's just holy cow they cleveland just, steamer yeah it's nuts in this man it's yeah. crazy yeah. Opioids, like it's like everything. <laughs> Drug abuse. This thing taught me a couple things. There were a couple <laughs> brothel scenes. I was like, whoa, is that a real a yeah. real thing? Holy shit. The holy shit, that's one of them too, yeah. I yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what they did in the in the um, monastery. Um so anyway, uh yeah, I'm trying to it's there I, I feel like I've been monopolizing the conversation, but what what else any thoughts you wanted to uh just no, I just want to name a couple other uh standout cast members as well. Stephanie Su, who plays Issei, uh, one of the prostitutes, Ming Na Wen, who's Madame Kaji. Yeah. Uh very, very good. Harry Shum Jr. Um, it's the Shogun's son. Uh, just very, very incredible cast. Also, it says produced by Kevin Hart, but it's not a clickable thing on Wikipedia, so I suspect it's not the same Kevin Hart. Yeah, I would assume no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, amazing cast. Maya Erskine has to get like a special shout out because she, as the main character, Mizu, is just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. The other shout out I got to give is to the people who created the show. There's Michael Green and there's Amber Noizumi. I'm totally butchering that name and I apologize. But if you look at it, Michael Green is clearly Netflix got this show and was like, we need to give you somebody to write with simply because Amber Noizumi, I'm just going to call her Amber rather than just (laughs) do the disservice of, of butchering her name. But if you click on her IMDb, this is the only thing that she's ever done. Oh, so I was like, clearly what she had was she pitched this show and they went great, but you've never written anything. So we need to pair you up with a seasoned writer. But this is, I mean, I mean, Maybe I don't want to speculate too much because it's also possible. Maybe they already knew each other and it's, it's possible. She came to him with the idea and was like, hey, you're a writer. Is this something? And then they worked on that's, it together. That's fair. I just know that that's usually a practice with a new writer yeah. is that Netflix or, or any studio would go like, we got a guy who we're going to pair you up with who's a seasoned writer. So that way, because can- I also wouldn't be surprised knowing Netflix and I. I suspect this isn't the case because this actually turned out to be really good, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, well, we can't make a thing with Asians written by a guy named Michael Green. We got to put an Asian on there. No, I I suspect it's the other way around that they would, because if they did that, they would get another seasoned writer to come in and like, but I suspect that she came and pitched the show somehow. And then, I mean, it's definitely possible that they also knew each other before this, but I know that is a common practice of like a new writer comes in and is like, this is my idea for a show. And they're like, great, but you've never run a show. This is your partner. (laughs) Yes. And so now to make this into, you know, you saw this with some comic writers who would try and transition. They'd be like, yeah. You know, right. But you write comics and now we're going to write for the screen. Here's a screenwriter and they're going to teach you how to do this. Or actually nowadays it's vice versa. It's when screenwriters go to comics. Interesting. Is they pair them up. They're like, great. You write 
screenplays, but you got to write a cliffhanger on every at the end of every page. So now you have to structure it this way. Yeah. But I mean, no matter how this working relationship happened, the two of them made wrote a fantastic show. I mean, really tight. Yeah. Go out and see it. I mean, go out, sit on your couch and see it. (laughs) Yes. Don't go out and see it for the love of God. Watch it by yourself with the lights off (laughs) alone in a room and uh, like close your curtains, have something else. At the ready to turn on. So if somebody walks into the room, you just switch yeah. it. Like back in the day when you could you could hit the button that would go to the last channel you yep. were just on. Set that up. Yeah. Set it up because yeah. the show is great. But man, it is unless the person you're with is someone who would also love this show. It's it's one of those shows you're going to get judged for real quick. I like the idea that someone comes in and they're like, whoa, what is this? What are you watching? And you hit the button real quick and be like, don't worry, I'm watching porn. That might be one of those shows. <laughs> it definitely might be. Yeah, <laughs> there are definitely moments in this you switch back to the Playboy channel and you're like, I promise it's not weird. It's normal porn. Yeah. Most of the fight scenes, you'd probably be better off getting caught watching porn. Yeah. Because they're pretty gruesome. And some of the sex scenes, too. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. There's a lot of octopus fucking in this. Wow. <laughs> there's, there's a surprising amount. To the amount of it, I was like, do they really do this? Yeah. Like, this often? Yeah, I don't know. I doubt it. I don't know. I'm like, I've seen the boys. I was like, did they research this like I, I would assume that she did yeah how much of this is just i don't know what's this we could make something weird let's make yeah, something weird but they, but it happens consistently enough that i was like because like every <laughs> brothel does it and i was like is, did they do that is this a like, lot yeah, is this like a big mac where you this can just go like to any mcdonald's yeah, and yeah yeah can i have the number four <laughs> and they're like hold on someone yeah. else is fucking the number four right now yeah and they're we? like you want fries with that or yeah do they serve the octopus? At one point, they. Brought- I think it's best if we don't ask any questions about yeah, it. The show has been right. renewed for a second season. Oh, so the creators good. have stated that uh, they aim to make three or four seasons and possibly a spinoff. I, without spoiling what the end is, did not see how. I, I mean, no, I'll just say I did not really see that coming. Where it's going to the next season. When he said that one word, oh yeah, I was like, "Fuck yes, I am on board for this." I know. I uh, I also throughout almost the entire show, I was nearly certain that I knew how many seasons there were going to be in the end. If they if they got their say, and how each season was going to end, right? Because there is a certain number of things that a character is trying to take care of. Yes. And so I was like, oh, okay, so one per season. Yes. And so I was like, okay, I, I kind of get it now. I know how this is going to go. And right. it's just going to be right. about seeing how these things happen and how the main character accomplishes these things yeah. once each season. And right. then we get to the end and I'm like, oh, that didn't happen. So yep. uh, I don't know. It's like fucking roulette. I have no idea what's going to happen. And it's going to a very different place after this. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I want to see. So that. I have no idea how any of these seasons are going to go. I want to see that character do what we just did in that place. Yes. With that person. Are you still talking about the octopus thing again? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I, here's what I would like. Here's, and I'll, I'll try and say this as vague as possible, but if not, it'll just turn into a thing I'm just saying to you and we just cut it out. Here's what I would like for this show. This is season one. Season two is what they say season two is going to be. Because she is a num, she is a certain, like you said, a certain number of things to take care of. 
One of those is already taken care of. Kind of. No. Oh, well, maybe. That's another thing that I was going to say is we didn't see that. And in the rule of comics, you know. Right. But what I was going to say is here's what I would like to see. We Mm. have season one. Season two, she takes care of another one of those things. That's two down. Mm -hmm. Two to go. I guess season three, take care of another. No. Yes. Season three, take care of another thing. Prequel season where we see the first one get taken. So here's what I would like for that last season. This is so weird if you haven't watched the show. But what I would like for that last season is a combination of prequel and the thing wasn't taken care of. I would like it if it is a dichotomy of it starting with her figuring out that that thing wasn't actually taken care of. And then you have a back and forth prequel and current day. Oh, that'd be good. Because I hate prequels because it's like, well, I kind of know how this is going to end. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I was basically in my mind, I'm structuring it the way that you have, which I subscribe to the way that you say to view the Star Wars series. Yeah. And I was like, let's do that. Let's do. Yeah. One, two, go back come forward again. But I like what you're saying. You could even do both of those. Do two, like season two, season three, back, and then lead, and then the reason we're watching, you're like, well, I know how this is going to end. And the twist is, then you skip ahead, like the last scene is, we come back to where we left off at the previous season, and it's, oh, the reason you had to watch this is because it wasn't actually taken care of. Right. And then that leads right into and like... And then it propels us to another season. To the last season. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be really interesting. And honest to God, I'm so convinced that they could do anything they want. If they ignore oh, both, yeah. I'm not ignore. But if whatever. they don't do either of our ideas, it's going to be amazing no That's matter fine. what. It'll be great. Yeah. It's probably going to be even better. <laughs> it's one of those shows where I'm like, no, these guys are definitely way smarter than us. Like, they should, they should <laughs> yeah. feel free to do whatever yeah, they want. No, you're not wrong. Yeah. Go watch this show. It's very it's good. Really good. It, it it's totally did. Like, I know you said you loved it. It didn't, like, revel revolutionized things for you. It kind of did revolutionize things for me. It was so I mean, I also was raised watching a lot of Kurosawa's old films and this like it felt so nostalgic to me to be able to see that in a way that I think Kurosawa would have liked his movies to have been able to be seen before there was color. I think this is what he would have done if he had had the tools that we have. Right. I, I will say this. It is one of those shows and this is how good it was that once I started episode one, I did not stop thinking about it until I got to the end of episode eight. <laughs> yeah. Like every day yeah. I was like, fuck, where is she going to go? Like in my off time, I'm just going, how the fuck is she going to get out of that thing? Yeah. Where is she going to go from here? I want that Irish guy dead so bad. Like <laughs> every, every, I was like in between every episode, I was like, cause I would literally watch like one episode, two episodes a day Yeah. and then stop. And I was like, I, it is that one of those shows that is so good that I was like, God, I want to uh, like where the how the fuck did she gonna get out? This is gonna be this? another one of the shows like Umbrella Academy, where like once a week I'm like, did they say when that next season is coming out yet? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. All right, should we go on to the reading assignment? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. we've talked about this about as much as we can. Yeah. Uh, so Andrew, yeah, you gave me Spectators by Brian K. Vaughn. Chris, Brian K. Vaughn has started a new comic series with artist Nico Henrichon. <laughs> 
Amber Knifemont. We can, we are bad with names. We should never be given names. We're killing it today. We're we're so good. I have some issues with the comic, but considering it's available online for free, those issues are small potatoes. Super small. Impossibly small. Like one might say the size of a speck. You might even call them spectators. No. No. <laughs> No, I'm no. so proud of that, that joke. That one didn't happen. That was a damn no. good joke. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, no. it was. I've it was a good joke. No. You can't take that from me. So anyway, spectators. So this is basically here's okay. It's ghosts. It's ghosts. They're just ghosts. Let's just. I mean, they're not, but they are. But they're ghosts. That's what they are. They're specters. They're specters. They're ghosts. And the rules of ghosts are different in this book than we think that they are. And basically they can't do anything and you can't interact with them and they can't interact with you. And they're just stuck on Earth watching stuff. I liked this. How do I want to say this? I liked this. And it was real. First of all, it's a very brisk read. And man, there's a lot of fucking in this. There is. Apparently all according to Brian K. Vaughn. If you were to die, all you would really care about is watching people fuck, which yeah. is a very interesting look into his personal life. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but to be fair, it's probably, uh, I mean, I, if I, I, to be fair, if I was a ghost, I don't know if I would do it as much as these people do it, but no, I'd be like, I think I'd get bored of it pretty quick. Right. But that's what I mean. I'm like, I want to, but I'd probably watch it. Uh, it's it is a very fast read. It's a very brisk read. Like uh, you could you could get through this. I think I got through this thing in like an hour or something. Yeah, that's about how long it took me. I will say this though. I started to look at the page count of like what page I was on because I started to go. When are we going to get this thing started? Yeah. When's the plot start? And then I was like, I'm three quarters of the way through this. And what the fuck are we doing? Like, what is this? You know? Yeah. All right. I'll put, I'll give it a comparison. And if you like this thing, you'll probably like this comic. This is the before sunrise of comics. If you know that movie, do you know the before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight, that trilogy of movies with Ethan Hawke? Oh yeah. Kind of. It is that. Of I comics. don't really, I haven't seen them. And so I don't really know what you mean by that. So basically in that movie, Ethan Hawke meets a girl and they spend, they have like a, I forget what, it's been a while since I've seen it, but basically they're in, I think it's Berlin. I think they're in Germany. Sure. For the first movie. I know that they're very far apart, the movies, right? Yes, they are. The first movie, they he meets this girl. He has some time until like his train or something. So they spend the night and it's mostly just them having very heady kind of philosophical talks as they go around. I think, again, I think it's Berlin, if I remember the first movie, right? And then that's pretty much it. Um, And there's a little bit of a romance thing, but for the most part, it's them walking around and having conversations. And then it kind of ends. This is like that. And it's like, there's no... I kept waiting for a thing to happen, it's just some sort of inciting incident. And there were a couple of times when it looked like it was going to take off. Like a couple of events happened. Like there's a, the, you know, there's a threat of a nuclear bomb that's going to go off and a possibly a war that's going to start. And they're like, maybe this is the end of humanity. And it was like, oh, so this is where we, okay, here we go. Plot's going to kick off and this is going to be it. It's something about them being around for the end of humanity. And then that doesn't happen. 
And then they're like, we're going to look, we're going to go in search of watching like a big, just end all orgy type of thing. Like that's the goal. They're, they're, it's we not have even that though. It's, a, tr- it's, a, uh, it's a, tr- a three way. It's a three way they're looking for. Yeah. And, but I was like, okay, so that's their goal. They're trying to look for a thing. Here we go. But that doesn't really like take off. And I'm just like, what is this? This yeah. is, and again, it's an, it, it, if you don't realize you're three quarters of the way through the book, I'm like, this is a fun read. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying being with these characters and everything. But there was at a certain point where I went, when are we starting this thing? What's going on with this? Yeah. What are your, what are your kind of, I feel like I'm talking in circles like this book. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'm, I think I completely agree with you. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, and I did a similar thing where I was like, okay, what, is, what is this? What are we doing? Cause part of it as well is like at the beginning, they, they make it very clear. They establish that there is no way for people in the spectral plane to interact with people who are not. Right. So the living will never see or experience any actions or thoughts or sounds or anything from a ghost. Right. So the plot, I'll put in quotes, yeah. the plot of this involves the living and things that are happening in the plane of existence of the living. But for some reason, our main characters are on a plane of existence where all they can do is watch, which I guess is where the name spectators comes from. Yes, it but is. it's a very passive, inactive plot right where basically what you are watching is people watching something else right and so i'm like what so who gives a shit about these people what is it what is right. go, what does it matter that they're ghosts why are we watching ghosts well, nothing is happening and they can't yeah. do anything and so at first it sort of sets off a Chekhov's gun of like oh maybe they're wrong because they they hammer it in like no one's ever been able to and you're gonna learn that no one can and and no ghost can interact that's all bs and so i'm like okay so that's definitely going to happen eventually but we never really get a sense that that is possible right in this volume right well and that's the thing is that they again and and i kind of brought this up with blue-eyed samurai but you know you want to know like why are we watching this these characters at this moment like why is this different from just any old day yeah and so at first, it's like okay, you watch this woman become a ghost. You you find out how she becomes dead, and she learns the rules of this. And so it's like okay, so this is a, you know okay, maybe this plot is about they're telling her the rules, and she is resisting what those rules are. Right. And it's her the why we're watching this is her come to terms with the rules or break the rules. One of those two. And then it does this interesting thing where it, it fast forwards mm-hmm. to like, I'm going to say an arbitrary number, but it feels like literally like 300 years. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it goes far into the future, which I will give it credit. I, when that happened, I was like, oh, OK, interesting. Because yeah. like I was like, OK, that's never that's something I've never seen before mm-hmm. is like I'm a ghost. I've I was, you know, killed in the I think it was what, like the early 2000s or something. And then it like it just clicks forward to like 300 years later and you're like, oh, so you're a ghost in the future, which is kind of interesting right. and cool. A ghost from now, from in, now the in the future. So it's like, cool, we can be in this world for a little bit. And then it's like because they hammer home, no one's ever made a connection before. 
then I'm like, well, then we must be watching this because somebody's going to see her. And then she meets this cowboy character that she has most of the conversations with. Who's also a ghost. Who's also a ghost. And they start talking. And then, like, there's another ghost that comes in that is, like, her stalker or something. And you're like, okay, so maybe, yeah, like a cop or something, if he is that. Which I thought at one point was the guy who killed her. Yeah, me too. And I was like, oh, maybe that's it. And maybe she's just, like... It's one of these things where, like, she doesn't react in, like, a visceral way because they've been around each other so long it's become norm now. And she's just like, oh, this fucking guy is so fucking annoying. But it's not, I guess it's not him or yeah, something. just a guy. It's just a guy. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe it's just, okay. It's a normal human drama of, like, this woman dealing with, like, meeting this go- this other ghost and they have a connection and then her ex is there and blah, blah, blah. But it's set in Ghost World, which is interesting enough, you know, and it's something I've never seen before. But that never really happens. And it just is like, why is this different from any other day right now? Why do I need to see this slice of this story yeah. at this moment with these people? And it never really answers that question. It's just kind of like, yeah, these just, I guess now, yeah. these two right now. Yeah. And they bring up interesting things. Like the guy says, like, I flew to Pluto once. Yeah. And it took me 16 years to come back. And I was like, oh, fuck. I want to see that. Yeah. Like, that'd be really interesting to in some sort of capacity. Maybe. Like, <laughs> but, but it was more interesting than because it's constantly them just going around like, we see these people fuck and then yeah. they're like, there's yeah. a group of ghosts and they're like, what are they all going for? They go in and then it's other people fucking. And it's just <laughs> like, and then there's a fight and then somebody flashes their tits and then it's like, and then more people fuck. And I'm like, what the f- do the thing where you try to fly to Pluto. Yeah. Like yeah. I would like to see you do that. That would be interesting to me. Yeah. Chris and I are far from prudes, but I, I did right here. It's an interesting concept, but I think the graphic depictions of sex and violence actually distract from the story and the themes at yeah. times. Cause it's really graphic. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like saga is really graphic. Yeah. But it happens sparingly enough that there's a shock value to it. But at the same time, like, it doesn't happen so often that I'm like, this is just feels gross and weird. Well, this goes back to what we always talk about with Mark Miller's stuff. It's earned. Yes, that's exactly right. And this, there's a lot of it where it was like, again, they talk about like a lot of people like to just watch humans have sex because it's like the most interesting thing to watch. And I'm like, OK, so I'll see a number of that. And I guess... Maybe that's one of the reasons it's like it's it's that Watchmen thing of like they show it so much to give the idea of like after a while it does get boring to watch it. But for me, it didn't get boring. It just got kind of like uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And like, I guess you're trying to put them in. I guess maybe depending on who you are when you read this. It's how you would be as one of these ghosts. Like if I was stuck as a ghost in this world, I would be uncomfortable a lot. You know? Yeah. I'd have to fly to Pluto just to just to get away. It's interesting, though, too, right? Because like she also has like a a pretty interesting monologue about going to the Angelica and watching movies. Right. Wouldn't you just watch a bunch of movies then? True. Because you can can see movies for free. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they even have like the thing about the caveman. Yeah. She has that story about the caveman and then he goes into the tree and he just disappears. Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. What happened there? Yeah. Like Um, a woman knight as well. They talk about. 
But like, I'm like, and then she was like, I don't know what happened. He just disappeared or maybe he offed himself in the tree or I don't know. And I'm like, well, that would be an interesting plot. What if you two went to that tree right now (laughs) and just saw maybe there was something interesting in that tree. Maybe there's a thing that does a thing that now you can see people or something. Oh, no, we're know. just going to sit around and keep talking for a little more. We're just going to over that, and, then, just, and yeah. then they're like, yeah, so that happened. Anyway. Yeah. Want to go find a three-way? I'm like, what? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It threads, and I'm like, it, I guess it's also kind of infuriating because I'm like, Brian K. Vaughn is a much better writer than this. Yeah, but here's the thing is that it, it reminds me a little bit. See, here's the thing. Brian K. Vaughn takes big swings. Yes, he in does. In a bunch of different directions. Yes, he And does. sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. I think Why the Last Man is like almost embarrassing. Uh, well, again and again, it's another one that has a very, very interesting concept that could have been really interesting and unique. But instead, it's just kind of strange and off putting and right. it's unusual. Right. And this also is kind of the same thing. But it's weird because it's also not a big swing because it's just a story about two people talking. Right. And that's what I'm saying. And nothing happens. Right. But it's got big swing ideas, right? Like the little pieces of it are big swings, flying to Pluto, meeting a caveman, meeting a, a female knight, right. the the potential of um, nuclear fallout worldwide. And right. what happens when someone dies in the year 2000 and change? And now it's like 2600 or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. are interesting concepts buried in here and maybe he'll get into more of it later. But yeah, right now it's basically just, Hey, read this. If you want to see some future tits. Yeah. I mean, future tits, they, they look like really good tits. I'm just saying sure. like the future, the plastic surgeons of the future. <laughs> yeah. Great. Stellar. Which, uh, by the way, I should say you owe that, to Nico Henrichson, who uh, uh, also was the artist of Pride of Baghdad, which was also written by Brian K. Vaughan. I do. I don't mind the art in this. I really don't. It's a, it's a really cool art style. And I guess like I, he does. He has some big ideas. They bring up some like big concepts. And I'm like, cool. But they also that even those never go to fruition. Like right. I'd read this if they kind of kept going with one big concept and discussed it, unpack it and then come to some sort of not even agreement, but just some sort of fruition. Yeah. Like, are we going to unpack any of this? And like, this is the theme, like unpack it to the point that you go, this is why you just read all of this is to get to this point. And it never does. Yeah. It just kind of is there. So, like I said, it is. I don't know. It's one of those ones where I'm like, I kind of don't recommend it. But at the same time, I'm like, if you literally have like an hour to kill, I'm like, well, why not? Whatever. Yeah. You know, well, and it, again, it's free. You can find it all every single issue. And in fact, there's more than what we read on explodinggiraffe.substack.com. Is it really? Which is, yeah. I may that's check his, out uh, the rest of it. Maybe I'll just check out the rest of it. It's then. not done. No, but I know. It's but what going. they have. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it's and exploding giraffe. Uh, if you're interested is um, Brian K. Vaughn's like his site he sells merch from there and does contests and there's like a mail list you can get on and all sorts of stuff so you can check that out awesome okay but yeah i i agree i want to add my two cents on that as well i guess before we change off of this that uh i yeah i don't like you said it's hard to not recommend it when it's free and it'll take you an hour yeah it is another brian k vaughn so it is still better than most things Yes. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bad Brian K. Vaughn is still better than most stuff. Yeah. You know? But it is very dry. It's interesting because you say it's brisk, but it's also kind of slow in that nothing really happens. 
So it is hard for me to recommend it, but it's also like like we have been talking about. There are interesting themes and plot points and little tidbits that are (laughs) tidbits, so to say, uh, that are hidden throughout. But yeah, not much happens. Right. So maybe it'll be more. I'm probably unless you come back and you're like, dude, the first volume's weird. You got to check out the rest of it, though. It gets so crazy and so interesting after that. Right. I'm probably not going to continue reading it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I I don't think I'll. I will either not continue reading this or I'll just wait for when this is done. And if they're like, here's the omnibus, I'll like, all right, I got two hours to kill. I could even that. I'm probably not going to do that. Yeah. Again, unless everyone's like, oh, if you didn't like the first volume, let me tell you, the next four volumes make up for it. You got to read this or whatever. Then maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. As of now, meh. I know what you're saying. All right. Uh, you ready for your reading assignment? I am. All right. We're going to go classic, classic reading assignment this time. I'm going to give you, this is something we talked about actually a little bit at Comic-Con because it came up and you were like, have I ever read that? And I was like, no, you have not. Uh, I'm going to give you Gotham by Gaslight. Nice. A classic Elseworlds story right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there it is. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Getting back into the reading assignment of your of how we used to do this. And I actually might send you a single issue sort of we might do a tag team reading assignment because I actually meant to assign it to you last time. And it's like, I don't know, 25 pages or something. But a YouTuber who goes by the name of Captain Midnight, who is a uh, he reviews movies and TV shows and stuff like that. He's one that I really like. He just wrote his first comic. Okay, great. Let's so I might send that to you. Yeah, send it over. That'd be awesome. Okay. other than that. Oh, hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yes. Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. That's the quickest way to uh, get some of our episodes. Uh, Every episode comes out 8 a.m. on every Tuesday. If you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, it'll take a little bit longer, maybe an hour or two. But if you want it hot and fresh hot and ready like a hot and ready little caesar's pizza beautiful man remember that oh how can i forget oh man that was a bit we did like a year ago anyway you can head over to soundcloud.com slash the media lunch break for that you can also visit us on twixer where our handle is at media lunch break we're on facebook instagram we're on youtube.com slash the media lunch break where we just put out our first video of the year yeah baby and our last video of the year yeah baby <laughs> we'll see i'm i'm i forgot i don't have one ready for that i've been trying to make it so every time we record i record one but yeah so check that out it just aired last week and uh hopefully another video has also aired yesterday so check that out as well i don't know what it's going to be on though it might be on blue eye samurai maybe i'll do that all right maybe i'll do a video on blue eye samurai why not you have the time but uh, don't hold me to that if there's a different video up or never. no video i would never we're also on tiktok where our handle is at the media lunch break we have merch on teespring you can find that on our twixer uh the link for our merch you can also visit us on patreon.com slash the media lunch break if you want to help donate some money to a good cause and that good cause is uh, us. Yeah, it is. Just us. Yep. That again is patreon.com slash the media lunch break. We have some great benefits over there as well. So take a look, peruse, mm. fiddle about. You can also send us an email at the media lunch break at gmail.com or visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Give us a rating and reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube. And special thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. For, um, being my favorite blue eye samurai yeah um like andrew said you can leave a rating and a review and you can leave it right in app and it really does help and if you leave a rating it helps people find us as always if you leave a five-star rating you can leave whatever kind of review you want in there uh this week 
<laughs> Fuck, I don't have anything on this week. What do you want? What do you, what do you think the people should leave us, Andrew? What are you thinking? What year? Yes. Yes. Had the best tits. You know what? I'm for it. <laughs> Just write the year in. Just write the year. Don't don't even say the best tits were in the year, blah, blah, blah. Just write a year. And will we remember what that year's for? 5,000 nope. BC. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Probably. All right. So anyway, uh, yeah, leave that rating, leave the review, leave it right in app. It really helps. This has been... Blue-Eyed Samurai and Spectators next week. Oh, yeah. It's the best damn day of the week, the Tuesday News Day. Oh, shit, the Tuesday News Day. It comes around every Tuesday, except for the Tuesdays that it doesn't. That's true. And then after that, Echo? Maybe, yeah. I just watched the first episode. Yeah, all night, they dropped all of them at once, right? Yeah. yeah. I will say, no spoilers, it is the first episode, at least, is better than I was anticipating. Well, there you go. That's high praise from Andrew Dunn right there. <laughs> yeah, let's... Unless something else comes up, which yeah. I can't think of what else would come up. I don't know. I feel like Echo is the thing Yeah, to probably. Do. Also, uh, speaking of the Tuesday Newsday, we got a uh, request. Someone said that they wanted to... Actually, a friend of mine who's... Um, who has sort of like her own sort of social media stuff that she has going on about uh-huh. comic book movies and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, she, uh, I posted that I was making a video about Jonathan Majors and she was like, oh, I wish you guys had had me on the episode for that. I have so many thoughts. So I don't know. Maybe we'll try to do a collaboration at some point in the future. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, let's do it. We'll do Echo and then Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. And there it is. So there it is. But as always, here's the thing. If you're like, listen, Gotham I Gaslight. You don't need to do that. I got a reading assignment for you. I just read this thing. This is your reading assignment. This dick. <laughs> These nuts. Um, I hate myself for that. I hate myself. I was putting on a character of a person I hate, and I did it so well, I actually hate myself for it. An assignment read D's nuts. <laughs> oh, that was a trend I was not into at all. Even when I was at the age group that that trend was going on. I was. Yeah, we know. Honestly, Every time I hear there's like a UX program, like an app development program called Figma. Yeah. Every time I'm like Figma balls. (laughs) I'm 36. I know. I know. I know. That's the saddest part of all. Um, Figma balls. (laughs) I don't know why it makes me laugh how much you're laughing at this. That's that's the worst part. I don't know what's lower. The fact that you think it's funny or the fact that I think it's funny that you think it's funny. It is funny. Your balls? Actually, yeah, your balls you are funny. Them? Yeah, yeah. They are pretty funny, <laughs> Like a actually. clown. Yeah. <laughs> Stop putting makeup on them. <laughs> and a big red that. nose. Oh. Honk, honk. <laughs> Wait, that's the nose? Yeah. Anyway, this is not anything. This is nothing. We're adult men. This is spectators. Right. This is spectators. Yeah, this is pretty much it. We just summed it up for you. If you have a reading assignment, send it over to us. For if the love of God. If, yeah, clearly, because we got nothing else to talk about. Because, uh, But if you're a creator, you wrote a comic, you filmed a pilot, you shot a film, anything like that, and you're like, hey, I made this thing. Can you, I, at the end of every episode, you say, go out and make a thing. I actually listen to you, you two idiots. And I did it. So can you tell people where to find this stuff? Can you talk about it? Send it over to us. We'll talk about it on the mic. We'll send people over towards it. Other than that, that is pretty much it. There it is. Like I said before, I said it once, I've said it again. If you're out there, 
There it is. There was a thing. There wasn't Are a thing Are you okay? Here. No. <laughs> I lost the thread. I thought I was somewhere else in that and going out of the show. I was like, I'm perfect. I know exactly where I am in, in ending the show. And then yeah. I was like, no, I'm farther ahead than I think I am. <laughs> I was like, no, this is wrong. You seem like you're having a hard time, man. Yeah, you see, I'm just like futzing with my hair and everything. I'm like, just fucking whatever I say in this moment. Which is sad, because when I started, I was like, I'm killing this. I am smooth as silk. Oh, you're also like, I've said it before uh, once. I've said it, I'll say it a thousand times. I may have mixed a couple of metaphors there. We made a thing. thing. (laughs) I'm like, you have said it a thousand times. I've said it so many times, I can't keep track of what I say anymore. Um, But there it is. We made a thing. There wasn't a thing, and now there's a thing. So if you listen to this, go out and make a thing. Do it. Do it. You fucking coward. I dare you. (laughs) I fucking dare you. Look me in the eyes while you do it. I'm waiting for the day that I'm like, if you wrote a comic, send it over to us. And someone like Brian K. Vaughn is like, hey, I wrote the rest of Spectators assholes. How about this? You fucking, <laughs> These nuts. You fucking lazy pieces of shit. Yeah. You What'd you make? Shit? I, yeah, you exactly. talked into but, a microphone for two fucking hours. Yeah. Good fucking, for you. Yeah, fucking assholes. You draw, draw in a vagina that much, right? <laughs> to be fair, I don't think he draws them. No, he doesn't. But dude, yeah. like Nico's hand is fucking cramped now, okay? <laughs> what did you do? Idiots do, you fucking morons. You got a vag cramp. Oh, man. The amount of fucking in that. It's a lot. Somebody's cramping. Yeah. I was even going through, as you were talking, I was going through, like, some of the other pages that I haven't seen. Like, I went on the... They're all stuck like, together. Jesus. This <laughs> <laughs> is impressive for a website. Uh, yeah. But holy cow. You um, can do anything on the internet. Yeah, man. Uh, anyway... Sorry, I'm looking at more pages. Of yeah, you sure are. Uh, you are going to keep reading. I am going to keep reading it. I totally. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be a position I've, I've yet to see. Yeah. Like, this is going to teach me something. Yeah. <laughs> what if I just put up a page and I just let it say, I was like, what do you think of this? And I don't say anything. I don't say is why. He trying to, maybe Brian K. Vaughn is trying to make like the next Kama Sutra. I mean, he achieved it in this. He really did. Yeah. It was every single, I was like, Wow. I've never seen that before. I love the idea that like you get to the end of a page and you're like, oh, wow, the possibility of nuclear fallout. How is civilization going to react to this? And how are the people watching going to? Oh, no, they're fucking again. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's just sex. Oh, exactly how I thought they would. OK, great. Yeah, it's just sex again. All right. Great. Anyway, that's it. There it is. There's yeah, the show. We did it. We did it. Congrats. We, hey, back at you, big guy. Honk, honk.